You are alive to shine. I'm Beth. And I'm Kate. And this is The Shine Podcast, where we meet lots of different people and hear about the ways that they light up the world. And here's why we're doing this. We've been changed and affected by people who shine with the love of Jesus. And the world needs people like that and like you right now. So be encouraged and let your light shine. Beautiful faces. Oh my gosh. Oh, so nice to you. have you home. Thanks. I feel like a new mother. You know, like when you try to go to bed and you're up all night with tiny children. Why? You got no sleep. Why? Who was up? Everyone. And I'm so tired. Were they sick? Everyone. No. No. At one point, it sounded like there were screaming children out in the middle oh. of the night. I swear, 5 a.m. It sounded like two year old. That's people. the morning. <laughs> It was at one. Ren was up at two. Keenan and Giada were walking around the house at five. Someone was outside screaming like they were dying. Were they your someone's? No, I was running through the house like a mad woman. Oh my god! Like trying to find out who was dying. It was something outside. This is why this. It's a hard morning, but it is lovely to see you. (laughs) How's your day looking? What y'all doing? Well, I'm making handmade gifts today, which is the joy of my life. This is all I've been wanting to do. I'm doing a lot of shrinky dinks right now. And then tonight we're having dinner with my family, my cousin. Okay, on a scale of one to 10, mm-hmm. how was your experience, Michael? Oh man, I guess I'd have to rate that as like, I mean, I, you can't like go all the way to 10. So like, you could. I mean, you could, but how practical is that? What's the point of the other numbers then? <laughs> <laughs> so I'll put it at like a 9.8, I guess. Oh, yours was high. <laughs> yeah, I would say like a nine. It was awesome. There were challenges for sure, but yeah, definitely. the experience itself is, I would say, definitely life-changing. It was great. Yeah. Welcome, Shine Podcast listeners. It's Elizabeth. It's Catherine. And we are here today with a special couple, Wesley and Michael Broderick, back from IHOP. They've been gone for three months on an internship, and so we brought them on the show today to hear all about their experience. We so. should specify IHOP for maybe listeners. Oh, who are right. <laughs> yeah. Not, not they have pancakes. not spent the last three months at the pancake shop. <laughs> Thank the goodness. International House of Prayer in Kansas City. Welcome Come. to the studio this morning. Yeah, Thank thanks for you. having us. Yeah, this is fun. I figured so many people want to hear your story, so we'll save you a lot Just of... do it across the board. <laughs> yeah. that is That's very so helpful. helpful. <laughs> and get everybody all at once. We yes. can all hear the same story. So you don't have That's like great. 50 people being like, you want to have coffee? Yeah, you just have coffee here. <laughs> can I tell you Perfect. a quick IHOP, please? Quip, if you will. So we there was this guy on the side of the road in Kansas City who looked like he needed some help. And so Michael's like a car guy. So we stopped. And he was just out of gas. So we took him to the gas station. And we told him that we were like a part of IHOP, which was maybe one minute from where we were, assuming like he would know what that was. So we're like talking to him and he's like, oh, you you have like, you got any kids? Are they at IHOP with you? And we're like, no. He's like, yeah, I've, I've heard that they, what was he saying? Like, He's like, my family goes there all the time. He's like, are you guys like managers there or something? <laughs> and we were like, no, like we're just a part of the internship program. <laughs> and he was like, okay, cool, cool. But he seemed, and it didn't hit us until like later that we're like, oh, he thinks, he thinks we're interns at the internet. <laughs> National House of Pancakes. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yep. 
Learning how to flip a pancake. Yep. Apparently it's pretty difficult. <laughs> so walk us back through this decision that you guys made a life-altering decision to stop your normal lives. You quit your jobs. You were in the middle of moving and transition and decided we're going to go to IHOP for three months for an internship. Walk us back through that decision. My side of it, I kind of went into 2022 kind of just in this place of like void of like all joy and hope and peace. Still kind of battling through and recovering from the death of my dad a year or so before. I just kind of was like not in a great place, but I like finally started like going to counseling and processing through some of that this past spring. I was like making strides to like getting rid of anger that I was having and things like that, covering a little bit from from that, but still like spiritually just completely depleted and not doing well and just feeling like every attempt and try of like pursuing God just was like getting shot down and not going very well. And actually it was this podcast that did a lot for me and that there was one day I was at work and I had gotten backed up a little bit on the podcast and I had like three I needed to listen to. So I just like binged all three of them at the same time while working and just like God was like really speaking to me through them. Like it was Brian Coulter and Jeremy Lindemann's podcast and someone else. Yeah, it just like through their podcast like was just really hearing God speak and I got done with them and I was like, oh man, like I want to hear more Shine podcasts, but like I don't have any more. Out of nowhere, like very definitely felt like God was saying, like, go back and listen to your podcast. And I immediately was like, that's gross. Like, I'm not going to do that. That just feels weird. Why would I listen to myself, my own podcast that I did over a year ago kind of a thing? Yeah. And if you haven't listened to Michael's, Michael's podcast aired on January 3rd, 2021. So if you missed it, go back to that episode. And it was amazing. Yeah. And it, it was a lot of fun doing it. So I was like, okay, like whatever, like I'll go back to it. Like totally forgetting even what I even talked about. And in that podcast, I talked about my internship that I did at IHOP um, fall of 2012. I did the um, night watch internship, which is like a midnight to 6am kind of a thing, night shift there. And it was like hugely impactful for me and super like foundational to my faith. I just had this realization like there in my shop at work, listening to myself um, (laughs) and just realized like, oh man, that's what I need. I just need to like be able to step away from everything, fully chase after God and just like reset spiritually. I just felt like We had so much that we were so busy with so many different responsibilities and things we were doing. And I just needed to be able to like, you know what? I want a season where like the whole outside world is just completely shut out, completely shut off. And it can just be me pursuing God and going deeper in his word, realizing like and remembering that's what my previous internship was. So I was like, we need to either go do another internship at IHOP or go do a DTS with YWAM or something like that. And I went home and told Wesley that. And meanwhile, while Michael was listening to his podcast, Wesley had been pondering life as well. I had. I had been pondering (laughs) and I knew that we were coming up on a season in which we were both kind of considering like God might have something else for us besides the current careers that we were in even though we didn't know what that was at the time. And I was like, so that means theoretically, 
we both, if we're really going to like trust God and do this change thing, then we might be entering into a season where we don't necessarily have jobs, at least for a little bit, or we don't know what's next. And so IHOP just kept coming to mind. And I was like, Lord, like Michael is so stressed. Like he was really stressed out. And I can't imagine he would ever want to leave all, you know, like all the things that we have to get done and do and we're moving and our stuff is in a million locations and we have the dogs and whatever. I can't imagine he would want to lay all that down to go do something like IHOP, even though I didn't even really know that much about IHOP to begin with. I'd never been there. didn't know the people. Like I was such a newbie going there. It just kept coming to mind. And so I said, Lord, if this is something you really, really want us to do, then it needs to come from his mouth. I'm not going to bring it up unless he does first. I'm not going to. But if he says yes, then sure, I'll go. If he brings it up, then my answer will be yes. And so it was like a few days later. And this had been like a maybe like a week, two weeks of pondering and then finally saying, okay, Lord, if you want us to go, it needs to come from Michael. And he just came home one day and was like, hey, like, what would you think about doing an internship at IHOP? And I was like, yes, <laughs> we will go. <laughs> and you guys had been in a season of change before that. You sold your house in Columbiana on Main Street. You moved into Michael's mom's house while she was in New Zealand. And then you were transitioning to move into the farmhouse mm -hmm. and work with Lampo's Farm as house parents slash community members <laughs> you were kind of groundskeeping yeah doing just like a little bit of like grounds i was doing like some grounds maintenance type stuff just like landscaping type stuff and things like that but also like we had a little bit of the role of being like wesley said like house mom and dad to like the interns that are on the farm mm. being able to just be like in-house leaders and spiritual leaders to them so being a part of like the weekly bible studies that the farm did and that kind of thing and then also being able to guide and lead those interns just like trying to get them plugged more into the community and things like that. So that was kind of our role. And Wesley, you had stopped working at Liberty School through the SMARTS program. Wesley was an art teacher through the SMARTS program, taught at Liberty Junior High for a couple of years mm -hmm. and had already planned on laying that down. You weren't going back in the fall. Yes. Because you knew, you knew things were changing, right? Yeah. And Michael was working. I was working with Joe Osborne um, doing wheel repair for local car dealerships. And you were even talking about making a change with your career, but there was a season where it wasn't going to start until a different point. Yeah. A lot of limbo going on in your lives. And you were thinking about it separately, Wesley, and Michael was thinking about it separately and both thinking like, oh, I wonder what the other person's going to say. And then <laughs> yes. you both come home and we're like, oh my gosh, this must be a God thing. For sure. Yeah. So for those listeners out there that think IHOP is the international house of pancakes, Michael, tell us what is IHOP in Kansas City, the international house of prayer? What do they do there? Yeah. So actually, technically to distinguish the two, thank you. They actually call themselves IHOP KC. So international house of prayer, Kansas City. And essentially their mission is to have 24 seven night and day prayer in a prayer room. They basically like, they call it like keeping fire on the altar after Leviticus 613, 613. day and night, day and night prayer. And so it's like essentially kind of taking after what's called the Davidic covenant. So when King David and Israel um, had hired and paid as part of government staff, 288 singers and 4,000 musicians 
to have a tabernacle of night and day prayer, it's largely that same idea of just essentially bringing worship and intercession to God and ministering to God all day and night. So essentially they use that time and 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 the quote-unquote intercessory missionaries, their jobs essentially are to be in the prayer room and be interceding on behalf of whatever the topic is at that time slot that they're praying for, whether that is the church in Kansas City or the church in America or revival in Israel or, um, you know, the war in Ukraine or whatever it is, they're interceding specifically for that. And how long has there been prayer and worship going on in Kansas City? So they started going 24 hours a day and have been ever since, uh, since 99. So it's they just actually, while we were there in September, celebrated their 23-year anniversary of nonstop 24-7 for 23 years. Wow. So when Michael went as a youth, we had several of our youth go to IHOP. Ariel Streifler, Ben McCown, Hannah Saker, and Michael all went and did stents there. It was new to you, Wesley. It was all new to me. I was like, what is happening here? It's people dancing. <laughs> well, we were pretty used to that with Seely. <laughs> <laughs> is that still kind of the atmosphere? They have the room set up in a really good way, I think. And when they started, they just started out in like these little trailers. It's really cool to hear the story of how God spoke and moved over the years to grow them to what they are now. But there's like a there's like a, a roped off section in the back of the room that's not on camera. It's you know it's streamed I say, live. I've seen it on camera. Like I've watched the live stream. Yeah, not seen people dancing since it's streamed all over the world. They are thoughtful about like Different every every such. culture, every denomination, mm-hmm. and so the dancing kind of happens like behind the sound booth. Yeah. And there's not always people dancing. Like sometimes yeah. it's just like someone waving a little scarf around. But they have like kids groups come in and they'll like dance with the music following a leader, or there's like a group of women who they come in like a few times a week and it does like shift something in the atmosphere. Mm. It feels a little bit weird. Like I I don't know if I would be brave enough to go in and like start twirling around or anything. Mm. <laughs> but there is something about the shift in the atmosphere the people who are willing to be like quote unquote undignified enough to like go dance mm-hmm. when they know that other people are kind of watching or observing. And then there's also people like pacing in the aisles or back and forth often just like meditating on the word or in prayer that way. So there's a lot of different ways to utilize the prayer room. So we've all seen these memes where it's like what my mom thinks I'm doing and what I'm actually doing. (laughs) (laughs) We've seen funny ones. So Michael, you already had a preconceived idea of what it might be because you had been there and Wesley had no idea. Talk to us about what you thought you were going to get and what you thought was going to happen when you uprooted your life and made this decision to pack your RV and head out to the wild Midwest. Oh, gosh, (laughs) yeah. So you know how you have like a sort of a picture in your head of how something will look? I totally pictured myself in the prayer room, sitting on the floor, sitting at the feet of Jesus, like relishing his goodness, (laughs) just like happy tears. The reality of like going in the prayer room and laboring in prayer for four hours, one could say is not as peaceful as you would picture. Like (laughs) stuff comes up. You're praying for like difficult things that are happening around the world, people in your life where hard things are happening. And to like day after day go in for hours and maintain the belief like, God, I know you're going to work. I know you hear my voice. I know you're listening. I know you're going to move and not 
waiver was challenging, but good, really good. Like, I feel like we had to grow in spiritual maturity. Otherwise, we would have cracked or something. Isn't there something, though, to spiritual maturity where it is kind of like the push, the fight? There is something, too, where you have these pictures that it's going to be kumbaya and Mm. beautiful and lovely and flowery. But when it comes to spiritual maturity, that growth is, it's like digging. Yes, definitely. 100%. And when we're in our normal lives, I mean, if you get an hour with the Lord on your own in quiet time, or that's a good day probably for most. (laughs) How how long were the shifts? Four hours. Sometimes two. On Fridays, it was two hours because we had an evening church service. But most days, four hours. For those of you who did the 24-7 prayer here, and sign up for an hour slot. For some, it was like, that went really fast. And for others, it was like, oh my goodness, that was a long 60 <laughs> minutes. Or if you signed up for more than one hour, or if someone forgot to show up and you had to stay, kind of get an idea of what that time would yeah. be like. Yeah. Well, and that was part of the beauty of the prayer room too, was just like you said, like I had done it before, so I kind of knew what I was getting into. But even like for myself, knowing what I'm getting into and and as just my own individual, like it, it's like... Every day is different going into the prayer room. I mean, there were days going into the prayer room where it was like four hours went by and I was like, that felt like 45 minutes. Like, I need more time. Like that was such a good time. Like I want to be here longer. And then there were other days that it was like, okay, it just had to have been four hours by now. Oh, an hour and a half. Come on. <laughs> yeah. You know? So it's, yeah, there's definitely like, you know, depending on what the Lord is saying to you or not saying to you or doing and just like where you're at mentally on that day and or what you've been going through in that season and or even just like, of course, there's days that we're just we're tired or, you know, yeah. groggy. And yeah, it definitely lends a lot to it as well. And even the mental shift, because the prayer room has a few purposes. Like, of course, you're interceding. That's a big purpose, interceding for the city, for the nation, for world events, etc. But one of the, I guess, probably the biggest purpose of what they would say is you're ministering to the Lord. Mm -hmm. You're there to minister to Him, to minister to His heart. When you only have a short period of time to spend with the Lord, it's like you're like, okay, get my prayers, get prayers for other people, maybe thank you, thank you again, and then you move on. In this setting, it's what does it actually mean to sit here and minister to the Lord and like enjoy His character and Mm. like ponder His nature and talk to Him using His word, like turn it into a conversation with Him. It definitely shifted my perspective of prayer in that way. You guys did this, but it was a price. You paid a price. You yeah. ha- you had to go without an income. You had to find support. You uprooted your life. You lived in an RV, which Wesley thought that was going to be fun for a day. <laughs> or in her head, and maybe it foolish, wasn't so much foolish afterwards. <laughs> Talk about the hard part of sacrificing to do this. And how did God show up for you in that hard in the hard places? Well, for me, this is gonna sound lame to everyone else here, but no, it's not because everyone else is gonna be like, "Oh yeah, I totally agree." <laughs> <laughs> there were a lot of hard things. Yeah. Mysteriously, one of the difficult things for me is that I would pull out my phone and look at pictures of Claire and Albert, our <laughs> dogs, and I would just cry. <laughs> and Michael would be like, give me your phone. Stop looking at pictures of Albert. She would literally be torturing herself. I was going to say, just it's like, like you're making yourself cry. Right. <laughs> I miss, yeah, I really miss our babies. But there were other hard things about the sacrifice. 
Yeah, I mean, of course, like, well, like you said, like the RV, you know, me being me. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, yeah, I'm all about that. (laughs) Yeah, I thought that was going to be so much fun. I was so excited for it. I thought it was going to be great. And I mean, it, it definitely was the adventure of it was fun and it was good for a while. And then it wore off somewhat quickly. But even like when it was fun, it was still like, okay, this is hard. You know, just being in like the tiniest little shower, just so small. Well, and when we first arrived, we had a really hard time finding a place that would accept us in our RV because it's a 1989. And apparently (laughs) RV parks think they're super fancy. Yeah, they've got their noses in the air a little bit. Mm. And they desire a certain aesthetic. And so they'd ask what year we had. We said 1989. And they would be like, actually. Mm. <laughs> and so we ended up at this place where it like looked okay online. And then we showed up. And I was like, oh, no. You're like, we gonna die. Yes. No. Like, it was, it was not a safe place. Like, it was not on a good side of town. It's like in the city. I mean, it's not it, what you would picture for an RV park. Yeah. Like out in the country. It was called it's like st- chain link fence. It was called Stadium RV Park because it was right next to oh. Kansas City Chiefs Arrowhead Stadium. Okay. Which was kind of cool in the sense of like, you know, like when there was a home game, like fireworks was going off and like that was kind of fun. But it also was like. Don't get that confused with the gunfire. Yeah. yeah. Yes, exactly. Like exactly. It, it felt and looked like Southside Youngstown. Yeah. Like it, it was rough. And Wesley, like, very much so loves going for walks, especially at night. And like, especially was if you're living in an RV and right. you can't walk around your home. Right. Yeah. Yeah, you need to get out. Yeah. So there was no getting out. So the first couple of weeks living there, that was pretty rough just in that. Because also the shower, even when it was at its best, was hard as it was, but we also went out there with our hot water heater not working. So we were taking frigid showers and or using this super dingy bathhouse that was there at the RV park until we got it fixed. Oh yeah, and the women's um, bathhouse like didn't lock. If I wanted to take a shower, hopefully there wouldn't be drug paraphernalia in there. Michael would have to like stand outside the door to make yeah. sure that no one would try to come in. It was not a safe place. No. How long did you stay there? I think we were there for two weeks. Yeah. And then a really great couple who we met in our internship, Micah, who's a woman from Germany, she and her husband knew this guy who was a traveling missionary. And he had a somewhat large property that he had some rental spots on. And that's how they funded their missions. And she asked him if they had room for maybe an RV to come park on the property. So that is what we did, which was great. There was like a lake to look out over and it was secluded. We could still hear gunshots, but it was much closer to the prayer room. We'd been 20 minutes away before. Now it was right down the street. It was so much better. That's amazing. So besides your living accommodations, what else was hard? So even just a big part was like, of course, the like, like I kind of went there, even knowing what I was getting into, like went there with the intention, obviously, like I was saying before, of finding rest just in that, like the chaotic season of life that we are coming out of and just feeling stressed and drained and exhausted spiritually, mentally, and emotionally. And while like, I definitely found spiritual rest while we were there, and that was amazing just getting to like sit and rest in God's presence. The schedule was like pretty busy and chaotic in great ways, but it was not mentally or emotionally restful. 
So yeah, there were definitely days that it's like you'd get to the end of the day and just be like exhausted and just, okay, day's over. I don't feel like I got the stuff done that I need to get done or wanted to get done today. And I'm not sure how I feel about tomorrow, but here we go. (laughs) So there was definitely that. But then there even just was the things of like, It was pretty clear to us multiple times throughout the internship that as we were growing, that the enemy definitely was like not okay with that. Mm. And there definitely were multiple times where individually and in our marriage, we felt like we were under attack. They're just, uh, and something that we acknowledged and and worked through, but came up a couple or a few different times in our time out there was like just this spirit of offense that was between us Mm. for no reason whatsoever. I mean, of course, like we're both going through our own like crap from our life that's bubbling up as we're in the prayer room, you know, and that we're trying to work through and feeling yucky about that. And yeah, there'd just be things where it's like, there'd be the most basic, minor, stupid misunderstanding between each other. And we just like would so quickly like be frustrated with each other. And it was like so clear that there was just this agitation that was being put on us. And so like having to like acknowledge that and address that, try to intentionally walk in humility. And there was definitely that. And then even just like, you know, the challenges of bull can be challenging. So like kind of, you know, dealing with some of the community that you're in day in and day out. Like we loved the community that we had while we were there. Like there were some awesome people in our internship and, you know, just like a job or a family or anything, spending all day, every day with each other. Like there's times you're going to get on each other's nerves a little bit and or like little quirks that someone has that's like, "Ah, today's just not the day that I want to deal with that quirk. So (laughs) (laughs) yeah, there were things like that that had its own challenges, but all in all, just, just seeing how like God worked and addressed each one of those things because, you know, we're in this place and in the season, like where they stress, like take and bring everything to God, everything, no matter how angry you are or upset or sad, you like every emotion, like bring it to God. You know, we feel our emotions for a reason. They're not just to suppress, right, but right. what better place than to like bring them to him. The main point and purpose of prayer is relationship and partnership with God. So to be able to like, be like, who better to confide in what I'm feeling right now? Like I'm already feeling guilty and bad that I'm being judgmental about my fellow intern and the way they worship or something like that even, you know? Mm -hmm. And it's like, no, like I can take that to God and then God like can rebuke me in the sense of like, yeah, but look, they're worshiping. And like, look at how beautiful that worship is. I love the way they worship, even if it like agitates you a little bit. Mm -hmm. That's a beautiful thing. And that was just super awesome. Or even like the spirit of offense between us, like taking that to God in prayer and just being like, Lord, like, why is this coming up? Why is this happening between us? What am I doing that I need to change? And so just like really things that the Lord highlights and brings in and teaches through that of these challenges. This season, I felt like really taught me that challenges aren't just challenges, they're opportunities to grow. You know, I've always heard and different seasons of my life respected the the idea of like, you know, God loves the process. Mm-hmm. It's like there, uh, of course, seasons of my life, I hated that phrase mm-hmm. so much. Like, forget the process, like just let it happen. Like just make things the way they're supposed to be. But, you know, I, I really realized in this season Because, you know, there was much of the season just feeling spiritually super dry. And like, it was really hard working through the prayer room and going there in the sense of like trying to re-experience God and his presence and like wanting an emotional and a spiritual connection, feeling, uh, you know, a flooding of the Holy Spirit. And the first two months at least just dry. 
nothing. Hearing God's voice here and there, especially like if I'm praying for someone, sure. But praising God like during a worship song and just like weeping with joy and like feeling his peace, like none of that. (laughs) None of like all the stuff that like, you know, I really wanted. I was wanting the experience. And then like, you know, God rebuked me in that and was like, well, your last internship was only an experience. Mm. You didn't encounter me. You only experienced me. And that's why like it didn't last. It didn't work. You know, I, a few years after my internship, like totally burned out and like not really any longer, not that I like didn't believe in God or anything, but I didn't have relationship with him because yeah, it was totally based on the experience of how I felt in the moment and what the Holy Spirit was doing to me kind of a thing. And he was like, no, I want you to encounter me and I want the process. I want you to know that this challenge is hard but look at what comes out of it if you address it properly. Yeah, one of our teachers, Adam, would describe that as faith like a flare gun. Like Mm -hmm. it burns really hot and bright for a moment, but you can't rely on that to carry you through for a lifetime. Yeah. And I've heard a lot of criticism from these places where young people go. Jacob went to Bethel, Mm -hmm. Owen went to YWAM, and Jonathan went to YWAM, and a bunch of the youth went to... I hop, but you're so protected in that atmosphere, mm-hmm. and then you get sent home to the world yeah. and have to process that. And that I know I remember when Jacob was at Bethel, they had a whole teaching about towards the end of their time there, okay, we're going back to where you came from. And yes. Kind of processing that because ultimately you want it to stick. You know, you don't want it just to be an experience that you were like, oh, mm-hmm. that was cool. But mm-hmm. if it's life changing, how do you take it back to the world that you left? I do feel like it was easier to do as sort of like an established person, not that mm-hmm. a mature. Like as an 18 year old, it would just be a lot different to have to like stumble back into the real world. But we did, we did have a class on like reintroduction to the local church because it is like a really intense environment. Like along with the challenges, they did say it is not uncommon for people who come here or you're returning home to fall under a lot of spiritual attack. Mm -hmm. And that was part of our experience. Like I was having dreams at night that there was like a man trying to get into the RV, but he like couldn't come in unless I let him in. And there was like a girl who who was in the dream who was like pointing to him outside the window. And I literally was like, what the heck does this dream mean? And finally I was like, I need to ask Andrea because she was in the dream and she was very prophetic. And she was like, oh, that's Satan. He wants to get in, but he can't come in unless you let him in. And that went along with the spirit of offense that Michael was talking about. But yeah, it is. it can be a bubble. And for that reason, there is the attack. But there's also the growth. And How did God show up for you in those hard things? Did you have other hard things besides the living arrangements? Yeah. The spiritual attack was difficult, but also like, you know, surmountable because the Lord's covering was on us. Every dream I had where something was difficult or being revealed that something was trying to come into our lives, God showed up with a different dream about goodness or whatever. We walked through some really hard weeks in our marriage, Mm -hmm. just like things that came up that were kind of under the surface. But if God brings something to the light, that's good. And it's so funny, like we were debriefing with our group our last time together and just like reflecting on our time. And they asked us to go back through our journals, which I filled up a lot of. And they said, like, look at what you've been praying for, like, look for how God has moved, et cetera. 
And I was looking back at my prayers and I was praying for our marriage to be amazing. I was praying to be refined, which <laughs> foolish. That's a dangerous <laughs> prayer. I know, I know. <laughs> I was praying to be like refined and grown in maturity. And the reality of that is like, you do not get refined without trial. It just doesn't. Yeah. Correct. It just doesn't happen. And I, I think in theory, I knew that, but in theory, the trials would have been easy. Right. Like Hallmark movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, oh no, I don't, my cat is missing or something. <laughs> refined by so, Fire. Refined by Fire, that song, Maverick City, what are you doing to us? <laughs> but he answered prayers. Yeah. Yeah, not in the ways we thought. <laughs> you want to talk about that? Yeah, I think, so for us, like, we, we did go into this, Wesley said, like wanting this to be a season of, yeah, refining and changing and growing spiritually, going deeper in, in intimacy, but also finding rest. We also wanted to like kind of treat this as like second honeymoon kind of a thing too for us, just in the sense of like we had an awesome honeymoon and the first five, six months of our marriage was awesome. And not that like our marriage in itself was bad or hard or anything like that, but it was like all the external factors of, you know, we got married and then it was like six months later, COVID hit. And then it was, you know, nine months later, I had my stepbrothers living with us, just dealing with all that. And then like a year almost to the day after our marriage was like when my dad took his life. So just like walking through all that and just the chaos of change and fixing up our house so that we could put it on the market and moving out fast and then moving to another place and then moving to another place. And just seemed like there was just a lot in our lives. So like we were really going in praying for our marriage to grow more in depth and to be in peace. So it was interesting and in seeing how that worked in the sense of it also was through fire. Like it wasn't a honeymoon by any means. <laughs> um, <laughs> so although it's been nice because it's been like, like since coming home kind of feels a bit more like a honeymoon in that like we have no this has been the restful season because we haven't had any responsibilities with internship or with work or anything yet we've kind of just been like nesting in our home like making it a home and enjoying each other's company and watching christmas movies and things like that Aww. yeah so that's been nice but the internship itself yeah like wesley said just like you know as we walked through that time of like having this spirit of offense with each other and some different arguments and like she said like just things that came up and from our past things like that that we're growing through and working through like there definitely was some really hard times but it also is like now i am so grateful for it because like i truly feel like if we walk through that we can handle anything i feel so great about our future and in our marriage of just like we were set you know like we're on the rebound from something that really i mean classic like make or break and it didn't break us, so we're on the mend, and I'm super excited for that. Yeah, and the Lord, I mean, His grace is so good. How He answered our prayers, I prayed to be refined, and He did bring things to the light that caused me to be grown in spiritual maturity, but one of the things that kept coming up just in like prayer time and in teaching and then was like prophesied over me was becoming a root in dry ground. And at first I was like, what does that mean? Like a root in dry ground. And we had this great teacher, Matt Candler, who came in again, like he brought it up 
He's like, to be a root in dry ground means that you are reaching deeper. Like you are not satisfied with what is at the surface level. You have to go deeper. Like you are poor in spirit. You're on your knees every day saying, God, I know I need you. I cannot do this without you. You're reaching and you're reaching. Just while we were walking through some difficult things, they have prophecy rooms certain times of the day or the week. And these people are like, they're awesome, you know, and they've been doing it for a long time and they're they're really good at what they do. And, you know, they do it all the right ways, so to speak, if there is like a right way. We went into a prophecy room and one of the ladies prayed. She was just like, man, the Lord is just giving you Isaiah 54. And Isaiah 54 is like all about redemption and like God's restoration. And it says, for the Lord has called you back from your grief as though you were a young wife abandoned by her husband. Not that Michael abandoned me. <laughs> he didn't. But um, he talks about rebuilding you and that you will silence every voice raised up to accuse you in the voice of the enemy. And so, yeah, he, he showed up in dreams. Like, I even had a dream one night. It was maybe closer to the beginning when we were there. And it was clearly like an attack. I was dreaming that there was like a pencil... I was sleeping in the RV and there was on my stomach and in front of me, there was words being written in pencil. And they just said, no one here likes you and no one at home misses you. And I woke up and I was like, oh my gosh, like that's such an attack. Mm-hmm. And and so I just prayed for, you know, the Lord to come and redeem that. And then I had a dream. This is so crazy. I had a dream that I was in a locker room. I was back in my basketball locker room from high school And all of the women from the upper room were there. And I was getting ready for the game and they were cheering for me. And I was like, oh my gosh, I know that's true. Like, and we knew people who were going back to like something that made them really uncertain or they didn't have a church family or X, Y, Z. And I was like, that is, I'm so thankful, Lord, that that is not our story, that there are people who are praying for us and that when attacks do come at us, they don't even stand a chance because we're covered because we have people who have our backs. And so that's the local church. That is so good. And so he answered prayers in dreams like that, reassuring me, reminding me, like, the lies, the arrows that are flying at my mind are not truth. Mm. He made it so sure and so clear to me what was true and what was not true. Yeah. Mm. And that was fundamental. Tissue break. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that makes me so happy, and that makes me cry. I love it that God's speaking to you, but also that you know you're loved mm-hmm. and you know that the upper room is behind you and the people here love you. And blah. So throughout your experience, can you give me some quick bullet points of maybe the top five experiences that you've had? Come away yes. With? So I'll make these quick. These are some of the things that stood out to me in our teachings that I think I kind of knew, but didn't really understand the significance of. One of them being the magnitude and the importance of prayer, which sounds really silly and simple, but like truly, if we believe that the Lord is listening to our prayers and moves when we speak, that should change the way we live. The church as the bride of Christ and unity in the church. Yes. I feel Mm. like I knew that before, but going there and the teachings on that, I was like, 
oh man, we are really quick to criticize the church and Jesus calls us his bride. He calls yes. the church his bride. Like he loves the church, even when other, you know, denominations or whatever that we might look at yes. or scoff or whatever. He's yeah. like, man, I love those people. Right. Yeah. So the return of Jesus. I did not think I would enjoy the study of the end times eschatology portion of IHOP. I hear that and I think fire and brimstone and I'm just like, no, thank you. Mm -hmm. Not like that at all. They are like, does the way you study or think about the return of Jesus make you excited for the return of Jesus? Because it should. And it did. And I'm like, if we believe Jesus is returning, which literally sometimes I forget. (laughs) I don't forget it 100%, but I'm like, what's not happening today? But they're like, If you take the Bible at its word, it might happen within our lifetime or our kids' lifetime, you know, so that changes the way you live. The Father's heart for Israel was amazing to me Hmm. because you can't read the Bible without encountering Israel a lot. And so I'm like, oh, it makes sense to know why this matters. And then praying the apostolic and messianic prayers. Yeah. And like praying for the things that the apostles were praying for and even the things that Jesus was praying for was really that could be its own podcast in itself right (laughs) there's a lot to that that's so interesting to me yeah i'm just gonna pretty much take all of hers i agree with all of those almost entirely i guess kind of add in the sense of like i know for me like eschatology like really was super impactful to me and like i could not get enough while we were there of the teaching notes and the classes that we were taking and like three different books that i bought while i was there i was also telling wesley while we were there i have read more books and just in general in the three months these past three months than i have probably in the past 10 years i love i know it. i'd be like I'm are not you a reader reading? <laughs> which is so good for me because i love to read and i'm always like if we could just read together but he doesn't like to read so so great it was yeah. so great but yeah this That's has been cool. yeah i just feel like i've just been like learning so much and like really digging into all that so yeah eschatology was awesome but also like she said like the different aspects of prayer and like i said earlier like the the main aspect of being relationship and partnership with God and how like he really just that's the point of our creation of us being created is to commune with him and to work with him and he wants us to play a part and play a role in his creation and and what he's doing and even though like prayer sometimes is really hard and we might not know what to say like well, we can use the apostolic, quote-unquote, apostolic prayers and messianic prayers, which essentially are just like the prayers in the New Testament that the apostles and the disciples and or Jesus prayed. Mm -hmm. So it's literally using God's word to pray to God. Mm -hmm. And it makes it like so easy, but yet they're so powerful. Like if you really break down the prayers of Paul and of the other apostles and of Jesus, like it's just awesome that we can use that ourselves as almost like, you know, an open book test. And it's like, it's great. Like that was huge to me. So you guys have been back for two weeks. How has it been assimilating back into life at Columbiana? It's so interesting. It's good. We were really happy to be home. And also, I want to say that when we went to IHOP, there are a lot of people there who were like, oh, yeah, people come here and they say they're only going to stay for three months, but then they've been here for 15 years. (laughs) We started hearing that over and over and over again. And so we were like, Lord, if you want us to stay or you want us to send us out to the nations or whatever it is we're open-handed but i really prayed that he would send us back i really prayed that he would send us back to the upper room into this area and he really made it clear that he was like by the end of our internship i was like 
I know this isn't a default. I know this is where we're supposed to be. And even like my family and some of our friends being our mission field, that has taken on a new meaning. I just have a new renewed passion for that. But I will say 30 to 45 minutes to an hour with the Lord now feels like wow, I really need longer with you. Like, I have a lot more things to say. Yeah. So trying to find the time and trying to be, like, really violent with our calendars to, like, make that happen. Yeah. We're not succeeding yet, but we will. We're still working at it. All right. What advice do you have for listeners who might be thinking about doing something similar? Those who are considering IHOP or YWAM a couple months stint away. I say do it. Yeah. I mean, obviously, like, if the Lord is calling you to that, if there's any opportunity to draw closer to Him, to be in His presence, I think that sometimes we overthink that. Totally. I, he- yeah. I even heard Bill Johnson, like, we watched this documentary called Finger of God, which is great. But he says, whatever it takes, do it. Yeah. If it means being violent with your schedule, if it means going somewhere, if it means changing the way you live, like the Lord is worth it. The presence of God is worth it. Yeah, absolutely. And I just, I feel like you can't go wrong, you know, like if if you have any desire to do a DTS with YOM or an internship or something like that, if you're pursuing God and drawing closer to him and knowing him more, like you can't go wrong. Mm. So if you have any desire to like do something like that, that's the Lord's will for you to do it for sure. Then like it's gonna happen. Like even if you feel like you don't have the finances for it or the ability to do it right now, like start saving for it. Or there are many people in our internship who saved for it for a year. Or there are people who like literally sold everything in order to do the internship. I mean, we had one guy who came from Ghana, Africa on a whim, like just all of a sudden God said go and like everything laid out. Like it was like a three year process to get visas and he got his visa in like three months. He literally came with a backpack with like two changes of clothes, hardly any money. Too cold, Kansas City. Yeah. And it was covered. Yeah. It was like people gave showed up with clothes. People showed up with food and and he was like, yeah, God proved himself again. And there were multiple other stories like that too. Like God wants to commune with you. So like he's going to bless you being able to do that if that's a desire of yours. So if you have any desire, like, yeah, just do it. It's possible. I was say, I feel like in America and like in general, American church, we have a tendency to be like, well, I can't do X, Y, Z for these 30 reasons. Mm-hmm. And then you're like, okay, well, when Jesus sent out the disciples two by two, he literally said, take nothing. Like, mm-hmm. we're all fine. Yeah. <laughs> we're all fine. We're yeah. fine. Yeah. <laughs> so talk to us about resources. Give us some, some of your resources, something to watch, something to read, and something to listen to. So Bob Sorge was my favorite teacher, one of my favorite teachers. There were a lot of really great ones, but he has YouTube videos. And so first you need to watch his YouTube video called I Am With You. And it's just like his story mm. of how he got to where he is, which is important. And then anything after that that he ever says, just any word that comes out of his mouth. Yeah. So the par- he has one called The Parable of the Sower, which is amazing. Beautiful. Parable of the Widow. Amazing. I'm reading his newest one on worship right now. Are you serious, Kate? Really? Yeah. What's it Didn't called? Did he come uh, to the upper room? Yeah, he came Yeah, he spoke. was here. Yes, I heard that. Uh, What's so it called, good. Kate? Okay. It's about a wave. 
Okay. All these water analogies. Well, years and years and years ago, God started talking to me about waves. Sounds weird, but like it's been a continuing image and symbol that he continues to talk to me about. So anyways, that's awesome. His book is called The Next Wave, Worship in a New Era. Okay. Have you read any of his other books? Yes. I have read, what is it? Like Secrets of the Secret Place? I'm reading that right now. so good. Okay. Yeah. Oh, that one. So he's great. Oh yeah. He's awesome. To read the Bible. Yes. I thought that would get more laughs. (laughs) 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 Thank you. Uh, Growing in Prayer by Mike Bickle. It's like my secret desire to do like a church-wide book club and we all read it together. Then let's do that. Yeah. That'd be so So don't fun. start it yet until we're all oh, Wait for me. Where if you want to get a head start? And to listen, this is actually just a song. It's not like a podcast or anything. And I am literally years behind because I wasn't around IHOP when this was even taking place. John Thurlow isn't at IHOP anymore, but many, many really talented singers and musicians are. But John Thurlow's song, Your Strong Love, as we're walking through some difficult things, one of the lines is from Song of Songs, I know the end of the story, I'll come up from the wilderness, leaning on my beloved. And that we learned is like an expression of spiritual maturity, is leaning on your beloved. And the song is really good, and it's fun, you can dance to it. (laughs) Yeah, I'd say for me, um, definitely to both watch and listen, like just the prayer room. So ihopkc.org is their website and they live stream the prayer room on there. They also live stream it on YouTube. So, but yeah, 24 seven, that prayer room is going and they're live streaming it. Even, you know, to have on in the background as you're, you know, in your quiet place in the morning, or even if you're just like while you're cooking or something like it's just so peaceful and great. It will surprise you like how you could just spontaneously burst into worship while you're like doing something busy but this is on in the background. So yeah, I really love that. But I would also agree with Wesley. Mike Bickle's book, Growing in Prayer, was really revolutionary to me of just like the importance of prayer and the tools, extra tools to like pray and pray well and have lasting prayer and it not feeling so much like uh, a chore or a task or something like you have to like just get done or but actually like something that's awesome and fulfilling and amazing to do. So that's a great read for sure. Well, we are really blessed that you guys came and spent your morning with us and had coffee and told us your experience. Thanks for coming in and welcome back. We are really glad you're home. We have missed you tremendously in three months. Might have went quickly for you guys, but it felt like a long time for <laughs> oh, us. Just Thank you guys. <laughs> Terrible. We missed you a lot. Yeah, we're so happy to be back. Make sure you tune in next week for another special guest. Bye. Bye. Bye.